share a little bit, and and uh, it's a little bit. Oh, I don't know. It's it's a little bit hard for me in a, in some ways because my nature is not to look backwards very good. Um, I think there's some good reasons to look back and remember, but by nature I tend not to. Um, when things happen and and you know things in life, I tend to go okay. You just move on, and uh, so when one year is over. I just go, okay, let's jump right into the new year. But I think sometimes it's good to look back and, and kind of see what God's done. I think it's good for us. And that's kind of what I want to do today. I want to, I want to just think back and uh, just meditate a little bit on some of the things that God has done in the last year. And uh, next week, I'm going to share a message on where are we going. Um, so that's kind of my, my thought process. And this whole thing was like, well, we need to look back and see what God has done, and then we need to think about where are we going. Um, in Psalm 77, it's uh, starting at verse 11. It says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will, I will also meditate on all your work and, all the de- all the, and talk of your deeds. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great as God is our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. So, you know, it says it's, it's good to remember what the Lord has done. It's good to look back and see what the Lord has done. Sometimes it's good for us to say, you know what? Look how faithful God was. Look at the things that God has done. And I think it was, it's good to rejoice in those things and, and to say, Wow. That was, that was good. So I, I think it's a good thing to do. I think it's a good thing to do. Um, as, you look, as I look back on the year, it's going to be from my perspective, so as I look back on the year, um, maybe the obvious, and I don't know if it's the obvious, but to me, the good things that God has done, and it's, for me, I don't know if it's most important, but is what God has done in people's lives. You know, what really matters is what changes has God made in our lives? You know, how has God moved, you know, seeing people get saved, you know, people come to the Lord. That is probably, probably the most important thing we do. After all, the Bible says that, that heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. So I got to believe if heaven rejoices, it must be a good thing, you know. And if heaven rejoices, I always say, you know, we should too. I doesn't always happen like it should, maybe, but I believe we should too. So, you know, seeing people get saved, people, people getting healed, you know, God moving in people's lives, people healing us of, of hurts and pains and physical things, um, people getting filled with His Spirit, you know, God filling people with His Spirit so they can have the power to walk with Him. You know, these are, these are probably the most important things that I see. Um, it's always interesting to me. We talked a little bit about it in Sunday school this morning, but you know, Jesus talked to crowds. He had a lot of crowds, but he really invested in people one on one. If you look at Scripture, I mean, he talked to crowds, but he really invested in people. You know, a woman at the well. You know, his disciples. A lot of times, what did he do? You know, when the crowds got so big, you'll find that Jesus has says, "Well, he took his disciples and he went up on a mountain." You know, and I think sometimes our nature in our 
society and culture today is we worry more about the crowds than we do the individual. I think we can get so caught up in a crowd that we don't really reach out to individuals and share one-on-one. Somehow we get a mentality that that's somebody else's job to do in a crowd. Whether that crowd is just a Sunday morning crowd or whatever. But I believe that a lot of ministry, if you listen to people's testimonies, not always, not always, but a lot of times, people's testimony is somebody personally shared with me. You know, somebody shared with me yesterday, you know, I I believe they were swimming. I, I don't know if I got, but anyway, they said, somebody just said, you know, where are you going to spend eternity? Do you know? You know, just a one-on-one, you know, and had the impact of that person's life that brought them to the Lord. So I think we need to always remember that it's it's not just a crowd thing, but it's a lot of times just us being willing to share where we have opportunity. Um, in the last year, um, there's a lot of things that we will continue to do that we did last year. The obvious ones, you know, we will continue to worship. You know, we will continue to worship. The Bible says we worship in spirit and in truth. You know, we worship in the activity of the spirit of God moving and then the truth of his word. And let me just say this about worship. and I'm just going to throw this out, but I just want you to know worship is not about you. Think about that. When we come to worship on a Sunday morning, it's not about you. So, whether or not you're happy or not is not our biggest issue about worship. Think about that. You know, how many times do we come to worship and if it's not exactly the way I want or if they didn't sing the right songs or they didn't do it this right and that right, I go, oh, that wasn't very good. Well, worship's not about you. See, I can say this in a general, if you, know, if you come to me personally, I wouldn't say this to you, but I can say this in a crowd, see. <laughs> I can say this, you know, worship is not about you. Think about it. How many times do we make worship about us? What did I get out of it? Do I come to worship so I get something out of it? Now, when I worship, do I get something out of it? Absolutely. I'm blessed, encouraged, whatever. But even if I wasn't, that's not why I came to worship. We come to worship the Lord. It's about him. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, not us. Sometimes I think we're sitting on that throne. We're not. He's on the throne. We're here to worship him. It's not about us. It's about us coming to him, honoring and magnifying him. You know, and, and to me, that's the most important when it comes to worship. You know, we come to worship him. And then everything else that happens around that, we come for other reasons too, but that's all good. But we come to worship him. You know, so if we don't sing your song that you like, Sorry, get over it. You know, they don't sing the songs I like a lot. You know, I don't pick the songs. Jeff does. Blame him. No. <laughs> but, you know, it's not. And I don't tell Jeff. You know, we don't. We don't. I called him last night just to talk. And we hardly ever talk. I said, well, we ought to do this more often. But, um, you know, um, he picks the songs. You know. So I'm like you. I come and I see what we're going to, and I worship, you know. So I think a lot of times we need, to, we need to get our right perspective about that, that it is not about us. It's about him. We come to worship him. So we will continue to worship, obviously. We will continue to teach. 
Um, you know, we have several opportunities for teaching. I think teaching the Word of God is, is utmost importance. I personally think, this is just a personal opinion, but I think the teaching of the Word of God is getting more critical all the time because I think we need to hear the Word and apply it to our lives because I think it's going to be a time, folks, that we're approaching that it's going to be critical. Maybe we're already there. You know, I'm not sure. But at least I believe that there's a time coming when we're going to need to know the Word of God and know how to apply it to our situations. So, you know, we have several opportunities. We have Sunday school at 930 in the morning. Every Sunday, you know, teaching the Word of God. Wednesday evenings we teach in different, you know, we have adults class. We have uh, the teenagers and the kids all separate and they go to classes. We teach the Word of God. There's home Bible studies. We have a home Bible study here at church um, at Lincoln and Susie Rowell's home on Sunday, first Sunday of the month at 6 o'clock. I think we ought to probably have two or three Bible studies at home. I, I mean, I don't know. No, I, I think they're, they're just important. Uh, I think uh, if anybody's ever thought that they ought to do that, I think you should. I think you should. I think we... I think we we could have more and more opportunities to study the Word of God. It can't, can't ever be enough. Um, we have some of our folks go to outside Bible studies. That's another option. We have people that go different places to Bible studies, and that's, that's a great thing. I, you know, we don't, we don't, you don't have to come to ours. You, know, you can go other places and study the Word of God too. We have a ladies' group that meets monthly. Um, Renee Gross here at church, she's... Kind of, you know, said, hey, would you mind if we get a ladies group together? I said, no, great idea, great idea. Maybe someday a man will come up to me and say, wow, what about a men's group? You know, great idea. Um, we have the youth group that meets Wednesdays at 630 at, at the Methodist Church. We have a youth group that meets Thursdays at Paula Seidel's home. Uh, we have two youth groups. Um, Josh and Julie do one and Jeremy and Diana do the other one. And uh, we just reach more kids, you know. Some kids that can't come to one can come to the other. We got some kids come to both. We got kids doing all kinds of things. They just, you just, they just pop up. And that's really good. And one of the things that I'm very encouraged about on our Wednesday nights is I'm always encouraged to see people bringing people, kids, bringing kids. Kids are the easiest to bring. Adults are a little tougher. But kids will, kids will come. And uh, that's just a great time. We have a prayer group that meets Thursday mornings. Um, Gwen England and Sherry and uh, Marion Seams and Cindy Reynolds, um, they meet regularly every Thursday and pray. If somebody, if you call me about a prayer concern, I'll pass it on to them. I'll pass it on to them so they can pray, you know, and, and they will. They're faithful to pray. I think if you, if you know somebody in the church that will pray, if you have a friend, there's people that will pray for you, you know. They will faithfully pray for you if you ask them. You know, hey, will you pray for me? They will do that. And so, so we have opportunities to grow, opportunities of teaching. Um, always can add more. Uh, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's ever enough. We have opportunities to fellowship. Fellowship's important. And let me say something about fellowship. Fellowship, I think, in general, is very important for encouragement. It's kind of the good time. To me, it's the good time. You know, it's a good time to get together. Encouragement, fellowship, have a little, it's kind of a time to have fun. 
Um, let me say this. I think there are people who come to church just because of fellowship. That's it. Now, I, you know, that's just a, a general observation. There's people that come just because of fellowship. And that's okay. I'm not saying that's wrong. Um, churches are hopefully more than just fellowship. You know, hopefully it's more than just getting together. But I think getting together is very important. I think getting together is very important. It's encouraging. It encourages me. You know, I'd be really discouraged this morning if you weren't here. <laughs> I mean, you know how always discouraging that would be? You know, one time a long, well, it's a long time ago because it's been 30 years since I started pastoring. But when I started pastoring, I left, I left the uh, farming and the sales business and went to pastoring. I know it was just kind of like one day, one day I was doing this, the next day I was a farmer. It wasn't quite that way, but I mean, it looked like it to a lot of people. And so one of my farmer friends who I had known for all my life, he says to me, he says, what makes you think you're a pastor? I thought, well, that's a pretty good question. What makes you think? And I didn't really think about it a whole lot. And I said, well, I said, I guess when I get there on Sunday morning, there's people there. I'm still a pastor. And I said, if I get there some Sunday and nobody's there, I guess I'm not a pastor anymore. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, well, you know, that's probably right. And, you know, you can have all kinds of titles. You can, you can call yourself whatever you want. But, you know, the honest truth is if you're not here, it's lonely. It's not very encouraging. And I'm not a pastor. So, so you know, fellowship's important. It's good for me, too. Um, we have a lot of individuals that fellowship, you know. They get to know each other. They, they get to find out something about somebody. You know, you can come on Sunday morning, but you really don't know somebody. You know, but if you can go to a picnic and you sit down and talk to them, then you can get to know somebody, you know. And sometimes you might even find out things you don't want to know. <laughs> but, you know, you get to know people. And that's okay. That's a, that's a good thing. So you can do it individually, and I think that's great, building relationships. Last year we, did, we had conversational dinners. You know, I don't know, I don't think we're doing them this year. Um, but we did it last year, you know, a time to get together in homes and have a meal together. Sit down and have a meal. Um, Wednesday evening, there's a time of fellowship because we, on Wednesday evenings, we do the meal ahead of time. So, you know, we sit down together and we eat and you get to talk. We get to sit at tables and, you know, it's it's a little tough sometimes because there's also 50 kids running around. So um, it's a little little different, but you still, it's it's fellowship and it's, it's fellowship with them. And let me say something about them. Especially the kids that don't come from homes in our church. Okay, the kids that we bring in. It is so important, that fellowship. I think those kids, they, they love, you know, it, it intrigues me because I'm like, wow, this doesn't seem like, you know, if you're used to it all the time, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But I tell you what, they love coming. And they love, I think it gives them a sense of family. You know, and, and they, th now they like that family not to change a lot. I mean, you know, if I tell them they've been riding my van and then I tell them, well, Derek's going to take you home, they get all bummed. Not because Derek, but they get bummed because, well, you always do that. You're always, you're kind of a security thing. You know, and so or vice versa, you know, they like that stability. They like that stability that they don't have. They don't have. And so many of these kids, they just, their lives are just helter-skelter. And all of a sudden, here's a thing that just 
is stable and it's steady and it's a time when we all sit down and we eat. And you know, the moms, the moms in our group, they've, you know, watch over these kids. They tell them, now only take that much if you're going to eat it all. I mean, they teach them. So you can teach things while you're doing this. You know, you can teach them how to pick up. And, and this a lot of things you can do teaching in these, in these casual places. And so, so it's important. It's a great time of fellowship. So, you know, I think uh, fellowship's very important in the life of the church. Very important. Um, I think everything needs to be kind of balanced. You know, you could get out of things out of whack by just only doing fellowship and no teaching or whatever. But but that's all part of a healthy a healthy group. Um, also, we we do outreach. You know, last year we did several outreach opportunities. Um, we did the community service at Wayne painting the shelter houses. You know, I think it's important to be part of the community. You know, I think the church, because of this whole separation of church and state, we kind of went, okay, we, the church is over here and the rest of the world's over here and you can't really mix the two. Well, we're part of a community. You know, all of a sudden, we're, you know, we're not to be isolated. We're to be part of a community. So we should participate in that community where we have opportunity or give to that community. So, you know, it was a, a great time of, of outreach and community service to the, to the Wayne Park. Um, we do the Salvation Army um, unit through this church. Well, through, they asked me to oversee the Salvation Army unit in Wayne and Bradner. And so what we do is the Salvation Army gives us a budget of $3,000 a year, and we're allowed to help people with utilities if they have a shutoff. Okay? Now, $3,000, you can do kind of do the numbers. $3,000, you're going to help about 20 families, you know, with help if they call and want help. And how do they call? Well, there's a network out there, folks. It's amazing. All they got is my cell phone, my personal cell phone. And people call me from all over the area. They find my number. I don't have to put it, I don't have to advertise or nothing. It just somehow... They find it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And they call and they, they want help. Um, I'm going to get uh, Susie Rao. We're working on getting Susie involved in that. And she's going to help me with some of the phone calls. Once I get a phone call, then I call Pat Martin. And Pat Martin does all the paperwork. And then we send it in. And Salvation Army pays the bill. So it's an outreach. You know, It's not necessarily our church, but, you know, it's what we're doing, you know. It's what we're doing. It's part of us, part of us. Um, last year we did a Seder meal. We had a meal with uh, Rabbi William Hallbrook came, and we we did the Passover meal, and he explained what happened and and sat us through that whole time. And it was great. The Methodist Church from Wayne, they had some folks that came, and and we did that. It was a great great time, great time of teaching, fellowship, um, being with the folks from Wayne, and. Uh, I don't, we don't have one scheduled this year. It's not in our plans this year. Um, we're thinking maybe every other year or something we might do one. Uh, so, you know, that was, a, that was a, a good opportunity, a good time of outreach. Vacation Bible School is always a great time. We, we do ours in the park now. And uh, by doing it in the park, it gives us the opportunity to reach out to the community. People can come and, 
you know, bring kids. We see kids that you just don't, you don't know who they are. And uh, it's an opportunity to reach out. It's a good time for people to invite somebody. You know, invite somebody to come. Um, you know, we do our fall party, another another good time to to just uh, enjoy fellowship, time together. But it's a good time to bring somebody, bring somebody along. You know, it's it's uh, I like those opportunities. Those things are all a lot of work. And let me just say this. It just reminds me now, you know, all these things I'm sharing, there is a whole bunch of people that are involved doing these things. I mean, it takes a lot of people doing what God wants them to do to do the things that we do. You know, so it's it's a lot of it's a lot of people working together doing things. Um, we support various missions. Um, we support Paul I. Some of you have met Paul I. He's been to church before. Some of you have never met Paul I. Um, I would like to have Paul I in. The hard part is he is always traveling. That man. That man is always on the go. He's in Cambodia and Vietnam. He's just always on the move. I've never seen any. He's just always going somewhere. And uh, so he's got a, a great testimony of being a witch doctor and a Buddhist priest and then coming to the Lord. And uh, he's he's been a good friend, and, and he's just somebody that I personally think I've never, I've never, I personally, have, I'm sure there's other people like him. I've just never met any. You know, he's just always sharing the gospel, starting churches, going back and checking on churches. That's all he does, just all the time. He's a man on the move. Um, John Tressel, who has been here, um, is in France. And uh, John was a pastor. Now he's kind of more in an area of overseeing churches and doing things with the church at large in France. Um, We support the Gideons. You know, they come and we share, they share what they do, and we support them as they hand out Bibles. Fostering Sharing Kitchen is something local that we do. About every three months, quarterly, we go down and we serve a meal down there. And if you've never gone down, I just encourage you, if it works in your schedule, it's like we have to be down there at 9 o'clock in the morning. We do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And uh, you go down at 9 o'clock, and people, this always amazes me, but people, there's people out there, folks, that are hungry. You know, there's folks, there's people out there that are really hungry. Now, I say that because you can't get me up in the morning to eat cold pizza at 9 o'clock. I don't get up in the morning to eat cold pizza at 9 o'clock. I'm not going walking somewhere to eat cold pizza at 9 o'clock. you got to be hungry to do that. That's sometimes what they serve. Some of these, she always cooks them. She cooks a meal, but they, they serve cold pizza. And it always amazes me. I think, wow. You, you, you would have to be hungry to get up to come and eat at a sharing kitchen. You know, it's not just people trying to take advantage. How could you be taking advantage of the system? What would be the point? I mean, these people, and they take, they, they bring containers and they take food home with them to eat the next day or they take it to somebody or maybe they have a family member. I mean, there, there are people who are actually hungry. For whatever reason. You know, does it matter the reason? We used to, I used to think like that. Well, you know, if they just work, they wouldn't have to do that. You know, isn't that how we feel sometimes? Those of us that don't have to do that? Well, if they just, well, I don't know what all the reasons are. Do I have to know the reasons? Maybe they've made a lot of mistakes in life. What if they've made all the mistakes in the world? 
would I not still think that it would be good to serve them food? You know, no matter what they've done. So it's a great opportunity. Um, BG Pregnancy Center is the pregnancy center on campus that uh, ministers to young ladies that are pregnant. Um, we, we help with Operation Christmas Child this year. Um, we took up an offering to, to finance sending the boxes. We're going to try, and I don't know how this is going to work, but we're going to try next year. Paula says we can have a room in the back. I think she's fixing up some more rooms back here. We can have a place to actually keep boxes because that's been our, our thing. It's hard, to, it's hard to come on Sunday and then we have to take everything home. But, you know, if we could keep them here, we could start accumulating things. So I think if all works out, we're going to try to do some boxes this year. Um, a new thing this year that we did was go to Kentucky. Um, Bob Carpenter um, took us to Kentucky. I blame you, Bob. No, I'll thank you. <laughs> took us to Kentucky. It was just a good time. But uh, I don't know. Everything just seemed good. It just the way it went. So this year we're gonna we're gonna we got some new plans. I'm gonna share them next week about plans for this year for Kentucky. But but it was a good time. Went down and put on a roof, and uh, six of us went, and uh, we were all um, we were all over fifty, and. Uh, and I am almost 100% back to normal from doing it. So that's even, that's even better. Um, but, uh, but that was a great experience. We're, we're going to do more, and I'm going to share more later about that. Um, we also have a young man on campus. We support Lincoln Peters from our area. Um, Lincoln grew up on uh, uh, Silverwood Road. No, that ain't right. He grew up on Linwood. He grew up on Linwood Road by Silverwood. And uh, Lincoln is at on Bowling Green State University campus, and he's going to be here in a couple of weeks to share what he's been doing on campus there. I won't share a lot, but I find it very interesting because um, Link, Lincoln is doing a real biblical, doesn't, doesn't make it right, but he's doing kind of a biblical model of evangelism. Because when he started, he says, I'm going to go on campus and I'm going to start to meet kids. I'm like, okay. I mean, there's a lot of them there. But his, that's what he does. He says, I just go and I start developing relationships. He told me the other day he's got 20. He's got 20. Now, there's just 20 people he knows. He's got 20 people that he's discipling. I thought, wow, that's pretty good. Pretty good. So he's going to come and share more details about it. But, uh, but Lincoln is, is on campus doing that. And it's good supporting him. Um, so we do, we do, that's what we've kind of been doing this last year. Um, I'm going to share next week about the new year. I don't want to tell you too much. I mean, it sounds like, where are we going? Um, well, I'll just come find out. <laughs> Maybe I'll find out too. We just never know. Never know what we might find out. Um, in closing, I want, to, I want to read this scripture from Matthew 25. I want to start at verse 31. It's talking about when the Lord returns. It says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with him, that he will sit on the throne of his glory, and all the nations will be gathered before him. What a, you know, I don't know, what a sight. And he's going to separate them from one another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, 
you, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When do we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when do we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And I cannot stress enough, it says the least. It doesn't say the people you like. It doesn't say the people you think are worthy. It doesn't say the best. It says the least. And I think that's so critical. The least. Sometimes we look for the wrong people to serve. Serve the least. He says, you serve the least. And then he says, then he will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Because I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him, saying, Well, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these, he will, these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. I share that because, folks, it's not complicated. Don't make it complicated. Don't let me make it complicated. It's the poor, the sick, in prison, the you know, it's not complicated. It's real simple. The least. The least. What I find personally is sometimes, and I think we're running into a time, when these least, we'll call them, are just downright aggravating. They'll get under your skin. They'll irritate you. Who else is the least? Who else is it? He says, as you've done it to the least, you've done it to him. And so I think as a church, as individuals, you got to just keep it simple. It's not rocket science. You know, what Jesus said, he didn't make it difficult so we couldn't figure it out. He didn't make it so, well, I don't, know if, I don't know if we could do that. He says, just look around you and look at people and reach out to them. Help them. Share, your, share the word with them. Share love with them. Be a witness. You know, it's, it's pretty simple. And I believe that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to do. So I pray that, you know, we don't lose sight of that, that we don't start making it more difficult than it is. You know, that we just do what he asks us to do. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessings this past year. Thank you for guiding us and being with us. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, I just pray you'd help us to continue to see the things you want us to do. Lord, that we wouldn't make it difficult. 
Lord, but we would look around and we would see needs that are really there. Lord, just help us to be faithful to you. Lord, we just thank you for your presence with us. Lord, as, as we go forth, Lord, just help us to share your word and your love wherever we have opportunity. Lord, if there's anyone that has a need for prayer this morning, Lord, I pray you just uh, encourage them to come up and, and let Rose and Jim and Tom pray for them up front as uh, we dismiss. Um, Lord, just uh, help them not to leave with a burden that uh, they can share and have somebody else agree with them about and pray with them about. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We just ask your blessing upon us now as we leave. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. We do not pick up chairs until further notice.